So we just got done recording with Jessica Scott. She is a former D1 athlete at Sac State softball player. And um, she's also one of my former athletes at Sheldon High School. I've known her for years and she's actually also my roommate. And I've just, she's awesome. She's like my friend slash little sister I've never had. And um, it was a great conversation with her just because um, I think this was the first conversation we've actually had had the chance to speak with an athlete who actually went through the whole process of COVID and losing. She lost her senior year of, you know, collegiate softball. So just getting to talk to her, go through that process of what that was like, um, just was really interesting to hear it firsthand, I think. And then we also touched base on her. um, She's type one diabetic as well. So it was really interesting to hear all that and how she adjusted to when, when she was diagnosed as a sophomore in high school. Yeah, absolutely. She was awesome. And she had a lot of great things to say and something that has really been the theme for us since this entire pandemic is how have people dealt with adversity? And she was dealing with adversity previous to the pandemic anyways. And so, you know, as, as difficult, I think I said this on the show, as difficult as this pandemic has been for her and losing that senior year, she is in a weird way equipped to deal with it, you know, and, and she's equipped to give a great perspective to all the other athletes out there that might be having a really tough time with all of this, or who may be dealing with some kind of health, health condition that, um, you know, kind of makes them adjust how they approach their sport. She's a great example of all that stuff. And I think a really good example of character and, and, you know, different aspects of character. So, uh, yeah, it was a great conversation and I think you guys will get a lot, a lot from it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So um, here you go. Have a listen. Um, it's a good one. And here is Jessica Scott. See ya. See ya. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, you ready? When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard. Coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And with us, we have a former D1 collegiate athlete, softball player, and former Sheldon alumni. My former softball uh, player, actually, because I coached her in high school. She is also my friend, and she's also my roommate. So we have Jessica Scott here with us. Hi, Jess. How are you? Good. How are you? (laughs) What's going on, Jessica? (laughs) Not much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'm just going to start off this way. I'm curious why you're still around Deb, like all these years, <laughs> not only you let her coach you, then you guys are roommates you guys are, I guess, friends. So you say, what is the deal? Is it, is it really a thing that you want to be there or is it, she just won't leave? Be honest. It's fine. She just won't leave. Yeah. No, okay. There. Kidding. Thank you. Hey, I'm that's, just kidding. No, no, that's she's great. kind of like an older sister to me. I've always okay. kind of looked up to her throughout high school. She trained me and kicked my butt and then carried on through college and kicked my butt some more. So kind of always been around no matter what, can't get rid of her. She's, <laughs> she's basically stuck with me in a nutshell. Her, that's her, I was her roundabout saying, um, Deb won't leave. Well, and by the way, if she refers, it. if she refers to me in this episode and she says, ginger, that's me. So she calls me ginger. Did I already do it? Did you say it already? I don't, I don't know. know. She may, she may have, she might. So if she says ginger, that's me. So the story behind that is that when I coached her in high school, her 
I think it was her class actually made up the name Coach Ginger. So just because oh, nice. I have red hair, I don't know. One of them started calling me Ginger, Coach Ginger, and I just let them and I just kind of stuck. And so Jessica, so when she says Ginger, that's 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 who that's who she means. So perfect. And we we figured that because your your okay. Instagram handle is at Ginger Spice, yeah. so it all makes exactly. sense. That's how I, I'm sure most people don't even know you as Deb, so it's fine. They probably know you oh. as Ginger anyways. <laughs> call her Deb. She See? never. It's weird for her to call me Deb. Oh, it makes sense. Sometimes yeah. I mean I have the same thing. I have I have a nickname from high school that stuck. So even years later even when i see guys that i played ball with now i'm not even sure if they really know my first name i can they just know me as taco that's it <laughs> taco it's for oh, Ta- <laughs> i know there's a i think i've told this story before on the uh podcast but when i was playing in high school there was a you know they had given me the nickname taco and uh, my family was watching me play and i think it was my aunt was saying that somebody's like hey go taco and this guy that was in the stands is like what was that he's like you can't say that out here and they're like what are you talking about and they didn't realize like no no no. he's his last name's takimoto he's japanese anyways it wouldn't make any sense so it was no racial slur but this guy <laughs> in the stands was really really concerned that people were just tossing it out there and you know with no care in the world so um i don't believe it or not i've had that reaction that you gave me before <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah yep. yeah well okay so Jess, we're going to start off by asking you just like your, um, tell us about your athletic background, how you started playing softball. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. What? Are you going to do warm-up questions? Oh, warm-up questions. Oh my okay, gosh. This is, it hasn't this been that is long. what happens. No, this oh, is what go. happens when we have two podcasts. Then I forget. <laughs> okay. Whoop. I know, right? Okay. Are you ready? I have warm-up questions for I you. Can't, I can't believe this. I know. I know. And I, I hear her upstairs all the time talking. You'd think she'd have it down by now. Okay, and here, you, and you then here what, it goes. This is this, how. You might be my favorite I, guest. No one's ever been this real with Deb before. This is I've awesome. Known, I've known this Sorry. child for almost eight years now. This is like normal banter. A lot of the things we banter about is not PG rated. Like we couldn't even like banter that's for, about That's it. for the other podcast. Hey, Jessica, let me ask you a question. Uh when, when Deb was coaching you, how many times did she say things like, oh, you got to be prepared. Hey, make sure you handle your business before you get to the field. Stuff like that. Is that a, <laughs> a lot? Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Go ahead, Deb. Yeah, I don't like how this is going so far, but I, I love this. This is awesome. This is not it's like gang up on Deb Day, but it's OK. I'm used to it by now. Um, so question number one, okay. um, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life what would it be just one like a meal I'll give you like a meal like Mm. what like you could have like like a protein a vegetable a carb (laughs) geez the the trainer really came out (laughs) I know like what macro do you want today I know exactly (laughs) (laughs) um to be honest, like the Japanese side of me is wanting like, of course, like the sushi or the rice, but then like the real me is like nachos. Like nachos. I was nachos. I just okay. will never that's, not say yes. Like it's not, I will eat nachos every day. That's a good go. choice. Okay. I, you can't go wrong with that. I love Mexican food. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, okay, wait, hang on. So nachos from where though? Like, would you make them or where? Ooh. It's like a bonus question. Inks. Oh, ink. Ink has good nachos. It's okay, in Midtown. It's no, in no. Midtown. Okay. Um, it's in Midtown. It's right across um, 
it's yeah, it's right across from Team Riot, and it's just awesome. So, um, anyway, so okay, that's a good Sounds question. Good. That's a good answer. Yeah, right. Um, okay, question number two: Would you rather skydive, or you don't even know the second part? Skydive. I don't, I don't think you know the second part. I. <laughs> I was wait skydive. You saw that too, right, Jessica? Dive. Like there was like that long pause. Like she doesn't know what she's asking. Because no, you I just no problem. <laughs> Keep it moving. Would you rather? Would you rather skydive or scuba? Scuba dive. Okay. How? Why? You, you like the ocean? Well, I don't like planes. Oh, okay. So I'd have oh, to get go. into a plane before I jumped <laughs> off of it. So that would be my problem. Okay. Scuba diving, just jump in. Okay. Dive in. I love swimming. Okay. Cool. And I'm the complete opposite. I will not right. get in the water. No, I right. have We've... jumped out of it before. It was so fun. Remember how when I talked about it forever? Anyway, so. Oh, I didn't realize I you did. stopped. I feel like that happens every episode. It's like indoor soccer, skydiving, <laughs> mermaids. It's the same thing yeah, every mermaid. week. I was going to say, you don't like the ocean, but you're a mermaid? See, she knows. Um, I know. It's the most ironic thing. I know. I don't like the ocean. I'm terrified. But, um, but I'll jump out of a plane. And I like mermaids. So. Okay. Yeah. She's making a face that you guys can't see right now. <laughs> yeah. But everybody, gets it. everybody else is making the same face. Like this doesn't make any sense. This is nonsense. <laughs> Third question. This is my signature question. I ask every guest this. So um, I love music. I think it speaks to our souls. If you could pick one song, that's like your life song that like speaks to who you are. And it could be like your, it could, you know, be about the season of life you're in right now. I call it a life song. So what would be your life song? She's thinking, and uh, and some guests honestly are like, I got to get back to you. I don't know, and some guests just like have a couple of them in their head right away. But think of think of like who you are and like what kind of song you would pick. A tough question. I don't even know. I probably might, might have to get back to you on that one. Okay, she's gonna have to get back to us yeah. on that one. Sounds good. That's a, that's a tough one. It is a super tough yeah. question. Some it's yeah. like 50 50 sometimes whether or not they answer that question. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. But I, it like, depends on my mood. I feel like well, yeah. whatever mood I'm in, right. I change the genre. Right. Well, pick a like a, a pumped up happy mood. A happy mood? Yeah. What genre like, would that just be? Something that I can just belch out and yeah. sing on the top of my lungs. Yeah. Like that kind of music. I don't have like a specific song. What about Christina? Are you talking about my yeah. my tough lover song? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the burlesque song um, by Christina Aguilera. That if I want oh, go. I can sing every single word of that song. That is true. We'll go with that one for now. Until Perfect. Yeah. Sounds until good. I like it. Tough lover by Christina Aguilera. Sure, like, awesome. Dig deep in the, the, the chest. <laughs> dig deep in the belly. Yeah. There you go. That's All awesome. Right. That's a great choice. Yeah. Okay, you survived the one of the questions. Well done. Well done. I passed. She passed. Yeah. <laughs> she passed the test. Okay, now we can ask the question that I originally asked before Josh reminded me of my job. Yep, uh, that's okay. You, <laughs> you laugh, Jessica. So, like, this happens every week. Some form of this, whether it's the warm-up questions or like, hey, are we podcasting tonight? It's like, well, we just talked, you know, 15 exactly. minutes ago. It's, oh, I've got stories. It's why he had to share his calendar with me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she just scolded me she's like ginger okay i'm telling you i I feel like we know two different people jessica the the podcast (laughs) host you know and then the the coach who i'm sure is fantastic you know luckily you know that person 
Well, I'm fabulous as a coach. No, I have no doubt. That's why I wanted you on here in the first place. I just didn't realize the podcast I would be so rough. <laughs> hey, I'm still here. I, I know. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I can't find for anybody now, else. Jessica said for now. <laughs> I know. Oh, I might have to ask Jessica if she'll host it with me. Maybe let's do a swap. You and fire me. We can do it together. Yeah, <laughs> we can do it together. <laughs> right, okay, well, you're, fire, you're fired up, too. I'm sorry. You can't bring her back <laughs> as I'm trying to fire her. So anyways, <laughs> go ahead, Deb. <laughs> Two weeks notice next week. There you go. All right. Um, so Jess, tell us about your athletic background, um, how you got to, you know, just how you started playing softball or sports in general. How did that start? Um, I would say like my athletic background started when I was about seven years old. My mom put me in like recreational sports, which was only softball because I kind of refused to play sports as a child. Um, didn't really want to do it. Um, but my mom forced me. And then, of course, you know, after the first season, I didn't want to go back, but she made me do it again and then again and again. And she told me, if you don't play softball, you're going to find another sport. And I was like, oh my gosh, other sports require more running. <laughs> so I stuck with softball and it's been uphill since then. So, I mean, you think between how long is almost 14 years then yeah so like or 15 years so seven years old to 22 so I always say I'm not a math teacher so let me get my calculator out I think that's 15 that's 15 that sounds right I'm not good at math either but yeah that sounds right it's 122 yes um but then um like as I got older you go like the the next level so went from rec ball like recreational to like b-ball back in the day well back in the day like I'm old or something (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, like back in like my travel ball days there was like NSA ball and then ASA ball so like NSA was like b-ball and then ASA was Mm a-ball so I started with b-ball and then got a little older a little bit more competitive moved up to a-ball and then into high school and then into college so and here she is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's uh, that's yeah. interesting. Sorry, I, I was just thinking that was interesting because I feel like most of the guests that we've had on here that played at a, at a high level, like a college level, I feel like most of them said that when they started, they just fell in love with the sport, but you were super resistant at the beginning. That's interesting. Um, well, that's such, such a different... So, say it again. I said I'm kind of a stubborn person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought that was an interesting part of your story. I just wasn't expecting that. I thought you would just be like, as soon as you picked up a glove and a ball, you were just hooked, but not so much, huh? Well, my mom isn't the most athletic person. So it wasn't like someone that could be like, hey, mom, let's go play catch. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm laughing because her mom is one of my really good friends. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I kind of had to learn from my teammates and my yeah. coaches, which also included my mom in rec ball. So oh. <laughs> I see. I got gotcha. you. As I got older, she yeah. was like, I don't know anything about this anymore. So <laughs> I can't be your coach. That's awesome. So when would you, so when would you say that you did start loving the sport instead of like, Oh, I have to play. Um, probably around like, nine ten years old and I was like okay this is 
I love this. This is addicting. This is something that I can see myself going and doing for a long time. Um, that's when I switched from rec ball to like competitive because I don't remember much, but I think like after 10 or 12 years old, they didn't have an older age group for rec ball. So I think I had to move up. And then once I saw the faster pace of the game and the more competitive players, it was a different game than it was playing at the rec league. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It is a, there is like that. I feel like whatever sport you're playing, there is that certain level or that certain, I guess, yeah, level you get to where I guess people kind of split. They realize, okay, this was fun up until a certain point now it's more competitive. It, it, the game kind of becomes like how the game should be played. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, some people are like, no, nah, I'm not, not really into this anymore. And then other people, it just, it causes them to get hooked even more, which it sounds like was kind of the case with you. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Pretty cool. And then once I went up to that next level, it was okay. Now it's not just your coaching staff. Who is your coaches? Like, you know, you have a hitting coach and, and a speed and agility coach, and then you have a fielding coach and, a catching coach, which is outside of your team coaching staff. So like even having like those people push you just like made me fall in love with it a little bit more. Yeah. That's awesome. And obviously yeah. it worked out pretty well for you because you ended up playing at the, at the Sac or at the D one level at Sac state, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. She was pretty badass. I have to say so myself. I've saw yeah. some games. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, I have to just, I'm flipping my hair right now. I coached her in high school, so, you know. She's tooting her own horn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, granted, I didn't teach her anything about catching at all, but. Okay. <laughs> but I did catch her pictures in high school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there you go. So you made all of, so you really made her look better. Is that what we're saying here? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like yeah she made me look better. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. So exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. So I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're jumping too far ahead, but Deb was, was telling me that when she mentioned that she wanted to bring you on the podcast, she was saying that unfortunately you lost your senior season to this, this whole pandemic thing. So do you want to walk us through that and, and, just kind of give us a little bit of what your experience was like and how you found out that that was going to happen. And just, I guess the whole thing. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, it is a touchy subject because it is still something that I feel like I'm still dealing with today. Um, so I'll try to keep it together. (laughs) Um, I told her it's okay. You can, if you need to cry, whatever, it's all good. It's happened before. Um, So it's all good. Yeah. Well, we kind of had a weird feeling going into the end of February, into March. We were playing at one of our last preseason tournaments, and we kind of got this wind of this COVID thing. We're like, well, okay, people are getting sick. Well, how is that going to affect us? And then we went to Reno, and the plate, the hotel we stayed at was packed. Like, there was a convention going on there was other teams from the tournament there it just seemed like normal and then played our five games and that monday was we got like the notification that our parents and fans couldn't go to our following weekend's tournament 
And we're like, that's weird. Like, mm-hmm. why would we play a tournament and not have fans? Like, I've never experienced that before. And then a couple of days later, we get a message that we're not loading the bus. We're having a team meeting. I was like, oh, man. Like, what? So now we can't have fans. Now we can't even play. So went and had a meeting. They set us back for, like, 14 days. Yeah. I think it was, like, seven or 14 days. We couldn't play or yeah. practice. Yeah. Or go to school. It was a, yeah. a really fast turnaround. Um, so took that weekend kind of as a okay well we have an off weekend in the middle of season which I've never had in my years experience in college so even that was just weird for you just having like the weekend off our coach told us to take care of ourselves make sure we're still not staying horizontal the whole day getting up moving our bodies staying healthy eating the right things so we were still doing that kind of like still getting that kind of message from our coaches, but it was just weird having an off weekend for sure. Mm-hmm. So we took a little trip, um, me, Ginger, and my mom and our other roommate, Deb. We went and had lunch. And then we, on our way there, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was that Saturday after mm-hmm. we got the message about having the weekend off. Um, that arc season was completely pushed back until the end of April right right they kept giving us like little glimpses of hope like okay it's just this weekend's canceled okay well now it's just seven to 14 days okay and then it was just within 24 hours it was canceled to the end of April and then probably mid-March they called it the season um I would say like more of like it was like I was devastated yeah. Like you work so hard for so long to be recognized as a senior at your school and to just kind of have it ripped away within the same week that you found out what COVID was, was just right. super like instantaneous. It just happened. And yeah. then it was like, I ran into a brick wall. It's like, I had no idea where I was going to go next. Yeah. Yeah, because up until then, like, pretty much softball, from what I know of you, was your life. Like, everything, like, you live, you know, eat, eat, live, breathe softball. And just with your guys' crazy, just collegiate schedule, just you guys are with your teammates all the time. There's the camaraderie. So I'm sure that part, you know, had an effect on it, too. Like, what now? Because Josh and I talk all the time on the show, like, I, you know, I feel so bad for all the you know, high school or collegiate, anyone who like, you know, just lost their season, like what is going on, like what's going on in their, going on in their head. So this is the first time that we've actually talked to an athlete who has been through it, huh, Josh? Yeah. On the show. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think back. I think the closest thing we've had to it was Kira McKechnie, but she was, she lost her first, basically her first full season as a head coach. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think that was really the first, like the closest thing, but yeah, as far as athletes, I think you're the, you're the first one for sure. Right. Yeah. And so, um, did your, um, did your teammates respond like the same way in terms of like, they were just completely devastated or did you guys talk about it at all? It was a very sore subject because you're in the heart of season. We were just finishing preseason and 
preseason's a grind. It is so hard. You're playing mm-hmm. midweek games. You're playing five games in a weekend. You're traveling back Sunday night and then having class Monday morning. Like you are completely just grinding out preseason, pushing along, getting better every day, learning your team still mm-hmm. in game situations. You are in that constant thought process of growth and like like team bonding and whatnot within the season so you can take that process and put implement it into conference play and we were a week away from starting conference which is like the sole purpose of like our entire season because once you win conference then you can go to conference tournament and then you can go to regionals and then you go to the world series Mm -hmm. process so being in the middle or like towards the end of preseason, like you're already at the like heart of the grind, like you're ready to go. And then all of a sudden it's just like, you're done. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it was kind of a sore subject. I met with some teammates at the beginning of the pandemic, but then again, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it was kind of scary because it was the unknown. Mm-hmm. So kind of kept it very close knit with the people that I was around when we found out that we had to go into quarantine. Yeah. So like, I didn't really venture out of my group. Right. Just because, you know, the orders were just stay at home and stuff Mm -hmm. and you're, you guys couldn't really get together as teammates as well, which I'm sure that was weird too, because you guys were always together all the time. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're not. Yeah. You share a locker room with the same Mm -hmm. 24 people for what is that like eight months or something mm-hmm. well I mean like you know yeah. every year you get a new set of girls but it's the same core people you see every single day for mm-hmm. multiple multiple hours a day mm-hmm. and then you go and get the message go home yeah wow that's it yeah that's just like a sudden such a sudden like change of events and to just not have anything. Yeah. Well, and I was there, I was there with it all with her. So like I saw everything with just like how it affected her. Um, and, you know, it made me, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm 33, I'm not playing sports. So for me, I was just concerned like, Oh crap, my job. And so, but on a deeper level for her, just kind of watching her go, you know, go through it. Like I just realized like, Oh, her senior year is, done like she doesn't even get to like nothing and just you know being a d1 collegiate athlete like that must you know so you know so I kind of saw her go through all that and um made me it just reminded me of how serious the situation is and how how much we need sports and how you know how big of an impact sports have on student athletes and and yeah and it's pretty much you know why we do this podcast too and so I don't know if you can resonate Josh or if you agree but yeah for sure um yeah I mean it's 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 a bummer I mean even just I'm not I'm removed from the situation obviously but uh, it's just hearing you talk about it it's obvious in your voice and you know if they could see your face they would realize that in your face too in your expression that it's definitely hits you pretty deep and deep and understandably so for sure um and yeah Yeah. I, I agree I mean I think this is it's it's one of those things that we've talked about before where sometimes I think certain people feel like sports are 
it's something you enjoy. It's not that big of a deal. And in some, in some cases, right. We've seen certain things in like the pro arena where certain things happen or people, you know, lose houses because they're betting on sports and people are getting into fights or all this craziness that is surrounded by sports. And so sometimes people say, Hey, sports, isn't that big of a deal. And in those situations, you're right. It's there's bigger things in life, but there's also this other side of sports where it really is important to our society. You know, as, as silly as it may seem to some people, it's a huge, huge deal for a lot of people. And whether it, whether it be the athletes or the coaches who are competing or the people who enjoy watching it, it affects a lot of people and it affects families of those people. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really difficult situation and it has a, you know, you guys, you know, obviously know as, as Deb, you're a teacher. And so the, the big thing surrounding this pandemic has been the mental health of students. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that it hits athletes at a deeper level, but it is taking something away from athletes, like another thing away from athletes, if that makes sense. I don't want that to sound bad for anybody else, but right. you know, they're student athletes, right. And they're dealing with the mental health side of things. And on top of that, you're also taking away one of the things they love the most in life. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a yeah really devastating thing for a lot of people. It's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, it's, uh, she's still here and she's doing lots of good things now. And, um, but, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that's obviously that's a huge, that's a huge piece of character, right? That's why we do this podcast is to encourage character and coaches. We encourage you to teach character along with competition. And we encourage athletes to live with character, you know, whether they're on or off the field. And so unfortunately this is like a really, it sucks that this is like a lesson that can be learned out of this, but this I think will reveal a lot of people's character or it will, it will sharpen their character too, because, you know, it's one of those things that this is not anybody's fault um, as far as the athletes and coaches, but they still have to deal with it and the ramifications of all this stuff. And so, um, you know, like you said, it's awesome that you're, you're still doing great things and you seem to be, um, you know, obviously I don't know you other than today, but it seems like you are keeping your head up, which is a huge piece yeah. of character. I think despite the challenges, we got to keep moving forward for sure. Yeah. I mean, it has been nine plus months, so I wouldn't say my head's always been up. It's definitely been a challenge and a mental switch becoming a I'm not going to say regular human, but <laughs> just a human, not an athlete. <laughs> it's weird saying like, oh, not I'm being retired now. Right. And it has been. Right. So, <laughs> has been. <laughs> like, I'm not the cool kid anymore. <laughs> That's, funny. That's not. Yeah. Well, like, so just switching gears just a little bit. Um, this and this next part also attests to just your mental strength, just after going, not only going through losing your senior year, but Jess, you were also a type one diabetic. Mm-hmm. So just with that, what, and, you know, I got, you know, I got to, you know, see you grind through that as well in high school and in college, but can you, um, I don't know that I, Josh, I don't know that if you've ever met a diabetic athlete or a type one diabetic athlete, but I didn't, I I had never played with or coached with one that, uh, you know, so uh, anyway, so walk us through just what that was like when you found your, out your diagnosis and just kind of how that also was another, um, just shift in your life in terms of sports, because it affected that part of your life as well. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, walk back memory lane or walk yeah. down memory lane a little bit. Um, it I'm actually coming up on I think my eighth diabetes like your, anniversary. Your your anniversary of when you were diagnosed. Ah, yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I was actually pretty old to be diagnosed with juvenile diabetes, which is like mm-hmm. pediatrics normally. Mm-hmm majority of type ones get diagnosed between like birth and seven eight years old well I was 15 turning 16 so I was Mm -hmm. a little bit older um but I want to say like the summer when I turned when I was 15 like that summer going into my sophomore year in high school I just started not feeling good just not really into softball not really in school just Mm -hmm. felt really out of it um, not feeling myself, um, as like strong. I wasn't feeling like no myself energy. as like energetic. Yeah. Didn't really have a whole lot of want and push to do anything really. Um, and then kind of like was in a doctor's office. I had like weird things popping up. It was just my body trying to fix itself. Um, and a huge thing with getting diagnosed is weight loss, water drinking, like you drink a ton of water um, and TMI, but you pee a lot, <laughs> which is part of like your body trying to get rid of the excess sugar or ex- excess, SS- excess. <laughs> sugar. Um, <laughs> sorry. She's been hanging out with me too much. <laughs> she can't even say the right words. <laughs> That's right. Like we're that. we're good with that on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <I can't>. Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but like, it's just like your body trying to respond to having this amount of sugar that it can't handle, and that's where hyperglycemic, hyperglycemia, glycemic. Yeah, hyper- I don't know. Yeah. I should probably know this. Hyperglycemia. My- that sounds right. Hyperglycemia. I don't know. But it's like when your blood sugar is extremely high. So I was in and out of the doctor's office. Couldn't figure out what was going on with me. Couldn't figure out why I was feeling the way I was. Um, I had really weird hair loss. Like my hair was just falling out in clumps. And originally when we went into the final, um, day that I was actually diagnosed, my final doctor's appointment, my mom, like, kind of like sat me down and sat next to me. And she's like, honey, like, I think like you might have cancer. Like there's something like going on that we might have to figure out deeper other than just going to the doctors. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Like, Oh, I guess we can figure out this. How do you deal with that as a 15 year old in terms of like, yeah. you like being prepared that that's your diagnosis? I mean, my grandma's had cancer pretty much my whole life. So like I've seen her fight and I've seen that whole process. I, I mean, I really was in shock that that's what just came out of my mom's mouth. Oh. Um, but then the doctor came in after running a urinalysis and ended up having ketones which is like it's called ketoacidosis it's where Mm -hmm. like your blood sugar or your blood is super acidic so it Mm -hmm. starts like attacking Hmm. your body right and so i had a a large amount of ketones in my urine um a doctor came in and was like okay well we figured out what's wrong with you you're diabetic and my mom and i are like what's that like (laughs) we're super like 
what you is did. that? And my mom's like, what? What diabetes? Like, we don't have diabetes. She's an athlete. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So finally did, like, a finger prick and, like, a blood draw and everything. Um, my blood sugar was 575. Mm. And um, what's the normal leather? Like, what level should you be at, like, normally? 80 to 100. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. And so, like, and then they did like an A1C test, which is like another blood test that tests the thickness of your blood cells, which is like containing the amount of sugar that has been on your blood cells for a span of three months. Mm-hmm. So, a normal A1C for a non diabetic is probably about like three to five mm-hmm. point, like it's like three, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, mine was like 14.2. Wow. So like I was extremely high. Wow. So my blood sugar was extremely high for a long amount of time. Mm. So then once they ran all that, they rushed me to the emergency room, you know, good old ER visit. Um, ended up doing a couple weeks of like education courses and then mm. had to quickly implement my new life in mm. the beginning of season. Yeah. Because I was diagnosed January 29th, and we started season February 15th. Now, was that your freshman year of high school? My sophomore. Sophomore year. So that's, yeah. because that, the year that you came. So I, that's the year I, I came on board at Sheldon High School. And so that oh. was my first year there. Okay. So I, I, do, I do remember meeting her mom, who is now my good friend, and her just overloading me on all the information. And I'm like, whoa, what? Then she, you know, they showed me how to use her EpiPen. I think our whole, the whole team had to know how to use the EpiPen. I don't remember. Maybe it was just the coaches. I had a select few that I decided to. Okay. It was a select few. Okay. Trust. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess it. you got to trust people to stick something in you yeah. to save your life. You have to read the directions. Yeah. Um, but so what kind of challenges did you face just because that was so new, because that is really late to be diagnosed mm-hmm. with type one. And, you know, just if you're, you know, all, you know, for our listeners, um, if you don't know the difference between type one and type two, type one is just basically it's, you're born with it. It's just art. Mm-hmm. It's autoimmune. Yes. And um, a type two is onset, but this one was type one. Mm-hmm. And usually, like you said, you're diagnosed at a young age, like mm-hmm. when you're a child. So like being a teenager and just all of a sudden having to, change just like you know just testing your blood sugar and all that stuff so how how did you adjust to that while playing while playing sports and doing all that um one thing that I had to start from like ground zero was gaining my strength back right um because of the excess amount of ketones in my blood um it attacks like fat and muscle. So like, obviously strength and power is a huge part of softball, mm-hmm. having like the muscle mass in order to be able to hit the ball hard, throw the ball solid and being able to do basic strength and like necessities. Like right. I had to kind of relearn and regain the strength while also being in season. So right. that was definitely a challenge. Um, and then mentally learning how to listen to my body all of a sudden. Like I mm-hmm. had to make sure like, what does it feel like when my blood sugar is low? What does it feel like when my blood sugar is high? What's the difference between being anxious or nervous and having a mm. higher low blood sugar? Because 
some of the symptoms of high and low blood sugar is also the symptoms of being nervous. Wow. So like the little like um the jitters. The, the jitters or the sweats. Like you get kind of oh. like hot sweats, you know, yeah. right before a game, you're like yeah. anxious and ready to go. But that's also a symptom of low blood sugar. Wow. Like, um, right. So like you have like I had to learn my body very fast. Um, but I also had an amazing support system. So I can't even fully take credit for everything that like I had to learn about myself. I mean, my coaching staff at Sheldon was just above and beyond the most supportive group of humans that I could have been surrounded by during such a vulnerable time in my life. And then having my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. can't do anything without mom, (laughs) but um, she didn't miss a game. She was on call 24 seven, anything happened. She was there. She kind of like went back to being that, um, like, okay, I'm going to pack your lunch for you. Here's your snacks. Like back yeah. to being like, like mama a, bear. Like, again. No, like a protective mama. Yeah. yeah. So like I was packing lunches and, or eating school lunches. And she mm-hmm. went from just letting me do my thing to doing everything again. So it was mm-hmm. definitely a balance between having an amazing support group and also learning how to live this new way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we've had, we've had Mary Jo on the podcast a couple of times now. Yeah. Coachy. Yeah. Coachy. So Coachy actually put, didn't didn't she put a fridge in the dugout? Oh yeah. So like, I can't remember freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. They redid the dugouts and the backside of our dugout had like an extended like another like an extended equipment room yeah like like attached to the dugout to the dugout and she just told me one day there's a fridge in there so you need to fill it with everything you need like low (laughs) blood sugar snacks which is like included oreos and licorice or um like anything yeah like juices uh gatorade anything Mm -hmm. quick that can just hit your system because when you crash like you can almost pass out so it's just Mm -hmm. something you have to get in your system really quick so i had my (laughs) amount like a large amounts of snacks in that fridge that i also shared with coach joe quite frequently yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) well and it was rough keeping the other girls away from that fridge they're like oh snacks we're like no 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 some of those are Jessica's diabetes snacks. You need to back off. Yeah. So. I put them like in a little box <laughs> or yeah. like a shelf so they wouldn't touch it. But th- I had such a great team and a great coaching staff and support that they made the transition just flawless. Like it wasn't something where I felt like I was hitting a like a dead end or like a bump in the road. It was just, all right, well here you go. Like, yeah. And they helped push me along. So yeah. it was a great, it, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a great transition, but it was a transition that was made easier with the people that I went through it with. Yeah. Yeah. And it, go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. Good. I'll, I can ask after well, you. Well, I was just going to say, it's just a testament to how important the sport is to you and mm-hmm. just like how the, you know, not only the coaches in your life, just not only you know, me on the coaching staff, but everyone else. And then, um, you know, just collegiate wise and just all the players you went through, like, it's just a testament to her to like how important the game of softball is to her, which is everything she's gone through in her life. Like that was just one of the milestones that she had to get through and softball was there for her. And so, and that's just another reason why it, it, 
you know, losing her senior year hit her so hard just on my end from what I've observed from her. Yeah. Would you, would you say so? Oh, 100%. Um, you lean on something for all your needs, like, okay, I'm feeling angry today. I'm going to go freaking balls out at practice or a game. I'm just going to get everything Mm -hmm. I need. Oh, I'm having a bad day, an emotional day. I'm going to leave it behind the fence and I'm going to do what I do best. And it's just always been that consistent, um, like backbone that's always been there and always been that the group of people that have brought the best out of me. So yeah, losing it is definitely hard having to rekindle your whole life. Like normally like your senior year, like you slowly start to realize that it's coming to an end. Right. But it was just like the chapter was cut off. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to that. Well, that's a good, I guess, visual for everyone to kind of understand if they, you know, aren't in your shoes in terms of losing their season just kind of like the cat the chapter is just shut before you're ready for it to be over like your characters aren't even fully developed yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's almost it's almost like someone ripped the page out right like you're enjoying this right. book that you got from some store and then you get to the end and realize oh like i don't even have a choice in this you know what i mean so that's yeah that's crazy but yeah i mean and like you said it has a great point we've talked before about how especially collegiate athletes get to that point where if they're not going on to the next level then they do have to come to grips with this idea of not being able to continue or they're not going to be able to play that sport every day like they used to they might be able to play adult softball or some adult rec league but it's not the same thing and so once they get to that point it is a really huge battle they have to kind of deal with and, and come to grips with and um you know like you said having it taken from you is a, a completely different set of challenges which is such a bummer but it sounds like something that you're you know like you said over all these months it's there's been these moments where you still have you know the um difficult times like when you're thinking about it but it sounds like you've also because of the diabetes and all that you've kind of been building up you know to handle a situation like this it's still not fun but you've you've obviously gone through some adversity before and you've overcome that so um you know, I can definitely tell that you're someone that other athletes could look up to for sure. Because, you know, I, I know there's other athletes out there that are dealing with, you know, the same types of things that you are maybe worse, maybe they're not as bad, you know, it's like athletes have all kinds of different lives. So, um, you know, the fact that you keep pushing forward and that you've you overcome so many things, I think is going to be a really, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's not a fun chapter now, but I think when you look back and when you're coaching one day and, you know, you're going to, I think your athletes are going to look at that for sure. And it's going to give them some inspiration and motivation. Yeah. And just, well, and speaking of coaching, um, so Jess, uh, what, how have you since then, my question is stayed oh, involved. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I have one, I do have one question before we get too far away from it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, um, go ahead. It's, it has nothing to do with what you were about to ask, but I do want to ask relating to the diabetes. So the fact yeah. that you were a catcher, this may be a dumb question. Was that ever, in jeopardy when you found out you had diabetes because you know it's catching for baseball and softball is the more demanding position on the field just because of what you're required to do so was there ever a point where that was in jeopardy where you might not be able to catch anymore or was that never really an issue um to be honest i 
didn't want to play any other position. So I didn't give yeah. myself an option to not be a catcher. Oh, and there you go. I don't think this even gave me the opportunity to think about another position. <laughs> um, okay. but I do have to say gaining the strength back behind the plate was definitely challenging. I bet. Um, like Coach Rod – who I've known and has been my catching coach since I was about 10, 11 years old. He's literally like my dad. Um, he was like, when I was diagnosed, of course it scared him and everyone else. Um, but he was like, okay, well now we have to flip the script and now you need to get strong. So let's go. And it wasn't ever like a question of like allowing myself to feel sorry for myself. Like, Oh, poor me. It was all right. Well, you want to, be good and you want to play and you want to continue being in that starting lineup at the varsity level, then you need to be strong. So kicked it up a gear from only seeing him like a couple times a week to seeing him almost every day. Um, Strength work, speed work again, gaining my arm strength back because that was one thing that I definitely struggled with. Um, that's when I knew like, okay, there's something wrong mm-hmm. is when I couldn't even throw the ball to second base. Mm-hmm. Like it was like yeah. one hopping, two hopping. It was like, I had no muscle to get it there. So that was like one of the symptoms before your diagnosis kind of, uh, or like during it was like, no, that was like before Like yeah. I couldn't throw the ball. I was so slow. Wow. I couldn't react. It was like, my brain was so foggy. and Mm. constantly like just thinking of like playing in fog Mm -hmm. it was kind of like oh my gosh everything is just so slow and I was like man my brain is not working and then when I found out that like I had diabetes and I, my doctors told me like you can get stronger you can get back to normal you should play sports being an athlete and being um like into like body movement and like it's going to be so beneficial for you because like obviously working out is something that like naturally lowers your blood sugar so Mm -hmm. being in sports and being into working out was definitely like beneficial but I do have to say like being weak behind the plate was not going to be something that I wanted or could be yeah so um uh I it is a very demanding position. So I would say like, I had to kick it up a gear and just figure just it out, figure it out. I didn't really ever get an opportunity to think about it though. Yeah. I don't think her coach is even like, <laughs> like, no, you're catching still. <laughs> like, nice. they didn't That's awesome. Give her option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, cool. I think, just, I think, you know, her coaches had faith in her that she could figure, she'll figure it out. She'll work through it. We're here for her. And she knows what she needs to do to, make sure her blood sugar is okay. Even if, if we have to help her, we will, you know, type deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Well, formerly known as coach ginger always had my snacks in her bag. I had so lots of snacks for her. Snack oh, that- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I was going in ginger's bag. It was, she was like, what are you doing? Are you okay? What's going on? And I'm, sometimes I'm like, I'm just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that may, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, right. Either way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I completely get what you're saying about the dugout and those snacks. A bunch of savages in the dugouts. As soon as they hear like that wrapper open up, it's like, oh, there's something, something that we can eat in here. Yeah, right. 
Well, and if any other girl went in my bag, I'd be like, hey, you can eat that after. But if Jessica went in my bag, I'd be like, wait, are you low? Are you okay? What's going on? What can I do? For, like, it was just panic mode on my part too. Sure. Just because like, I knew something was like, she, you know, she wasn't feeling right or if she was low. And sometimes it was, she was like, no, Ginger, I'm just hungry. Like, I'm okay. Don't tell <laughs> or yeah, don't, don't tell anyone. But you know, if, you know, but it just knowing that they, those were there for her just made me feel better at least. Yeah. I would get. Yeah. Did you ever, um, hope this is okay to ask. I can cut it out if it's not. Did you ever have a, any episodes on the field? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I oh, okay. Leave it. Um, I'm an open book. So anything you want to know. Um, but yeah, I have one game in particular. So normal routine is going to warm ups, warm up, yada, yada, get ready to go to the game. I'm getting ready to go on the line. I always checked my blood sugar right before the game. And for whatever reason, I completely bypassed it. And this was back in high school. Um, and I remember going in the first inning, like, oh my God, I can't even see the ball. Hmm. And I was like, catching. Yeah. Home game. <laughs> first inning. And I'm like, oh no, this is not going to be good. And I think at that time, my mom was getting Starbucks for someone. I just remember chugging a caramel frappuccino and eating the frosting off of one of those little breads that they have. Yeah. Just for like in the middle of an inning. Like I was like, I, I have to call time. I can't see. Like this is not okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's happened. And that was in high school. And then one time in college, um, it happened. We were playing against Santa Rosa. And, you know, in college, you're not supposed to have your parents near you. I mean, it's just like any other like competitive level. Like your yeah. parents are on the other side. Like you don't talk to them. You don't look at them. They are not there. Um, so my mom kind of noticed that I was like kind of out of it. And so she comes by and I was like, mom, like I need something now. And she ran to the snack bar and threw me a Sprite and was like, just stood right at the um, entrance of the dugout. I was like, I'm not leaving until you're fine. And my coaching staff in college was like, yeah, take care of her. We, we don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so it's definitely happened before. And it's one of those things that it's like, you can't avoid, mm -hmm. um, your blood sugar can change based on your mood. Yeah. It can change wow. based on like five. It can, it can change based on your mood? Oh, yeah. Hmm. It's, um, I didn't know it's that. It's even hormonal, like, oh. based too. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm like Either. super anxious. Like, it'll, I can, my blood sugar can drop. Right. Well, and that feels, I feel like that's a double-edged sword too, because if you're anxious, like you said, the symptoms for low blood sugar and being anxious is like the same. So you being anxious can actually change their blood sugar. And then you're like, I don't know if I'm, yeah. I, if I'm low or if I'm just anxious or. So that's why like being yeah. fully in tune with your body is like so important. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Hmm. Wow. Well, oh. A lot to deal with. <laughs> Look how he's frozen. Oh, did I get frozen? Josh, <laughs> you were frozen. <laughs> <laughs> you were frozen and your face was awesome <laughs> now. See, that's what, see that's what i'm saying it happens and uh it's happened a few times here and i i can't help but laugh so i'm glad you got a taste of that it's <laughs> <laughs> funny yeah um, um do you have any other questions for her about um just like her type one or i'm sure i i'm sure i do we, but could, we could totally do like a yeah. full episode 
episode asking her about her type one for sure. And oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so not, nothing at the moment. I'm sure I could think of a bunch yeah. of questions, but nothing right. at the moment. The, like yeah. I said, the main one for me was um, just like the, the catching question. I was just curious about that, especially because you guys play. I mean, softball is one of those sports where you guys play tournaments and. Um, those are long days for you guys, especially, you know, spring, summer. So, you know, a lot of things going against you, but that's cool that you had so many people in your corner and, and you just had the mentality that you were going to keep going. And like you said, it was never a question, which I think is important because, you know, the, the quicker you can get back to just a normal way of doing things, I think the better in those types of situations. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And then, um, Jess, how are you still involved with softball? today tell us about what you're doing um so i actually coach um oh cool i'm coaching with rod who was a catching coach my whole career is like my dad um he wanted to get back into the coaching scene two years ago three years ago and i kind of just tagged along and then would show up here and there wasn't very like consistent but like i would show up with the girls and I would either coach them or work out with them depending on what it was. And then once like I was done, now I'm full-time coaching with them. Like um, I'm one of his assistants. Uh, so I coach for the California breeze. Um, they're 16 U team. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you give private lessons. Oh yeah. I give private yeah. lessons. I give hitting <laughs> lessons and catching lessons. So I stay involved as much as yeah. I can. Um, but I can definitely say when we were like completely 100% shut down, there was no touching a softball or doing yeah. anything that was like the darkest time. So even like the small spurts of being able to play catch with my players or do a drill with them or hit them ground balls. And like, I just get that little bit of, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That little taste of what it was yeah. and it just keeps me going um yeah. but it's just like the right amount yeah. I feel like it's like slowly keeping me in it but I'm not a full-time athlete because that is just basically a full-time job yeah <laughs> but it I'm still in the softball world and yeah. I don't think I'll ever be out of it yeah it's definitely yeah a part of me yeah you know and in some ways it, it would all it'll always be a part of you in turn, you know, even I've, I've yeah. played many moons ago and I still, you know, I don't coach anymore as you know, but like, I still, um, lo- like, you know, love hearing you talk about it. I love watching, you know, softball still, even when I was coaching you like Josh, just exactly what she said, just being able to like hit a ground ball to, you know, your players, you just get like a quick, like nostalgia, like, <gasps> Oh, and okay. it like, it's like, it's like you're breathing life again for a second. Right. right. Yeah, it's for awesome. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just being able to do that. So I understand what she's saying when she says that. So. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I just, the way you talk about it, I'm, I, like I said, I don't even know you, but uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that you're going to have this in your blood for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I had a question. I have a, Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. I have a question for her. So. Yeah. Um, obviously just softball has been a huge part of your life. Like that's very clear. Um, what would you say is the biggest lesson that softball has taught you just like overall, just kind of thinking back, just, you know, I don't know, to the whole thing in, in general, like what is a lesson that it has taught you about life? Yeah, it's good. Um, I would say like family is not always going to be blood. 
Hmm. You're not always going to have who you're genetically connected to as your people. Mm-hmm. Um, community is the sole purpose of literally me. Like I yeah. love humans and being a part of something bigger and making the world a better place. I think like athletes have a different type of like, not mentality, but I would say like, um, what is it? Uh, like sense of the world. Like I want, like you just see something bigger, like a bigger picture. Yeah. You have a different perspective. And I think like having that built in 20 plus sisters like yeah you will bicker and you will fight and you will hate each other some days but knowing no matter what you have every single one of those girls back and they have yours just as much um I would say like family is one thing that they that softball has definitely like brought to brought to me is like knowing like your blood might not always be there but having that family outside of who it's like, like I said earlier, like genetically, like yeah. made of you. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just such like a huge part of softball for me. Like, yeah. Like I would just say family yeah. is what it's taught me. Being yeah. a part of something bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, and that's exactly just what we talk about here on, you know, the combine podcast is just how sports you know goes beyond the, the scoreboard and that that sounds like that's pretty much what it taught you is that it's not um about like your like you did like your biggest lesson you didn't say like oh it taught me like my biggest lesson is you know not to you know turn my wrist a certain way when I'm hitting the ball or like when you know a skill set it has it's much much bigger than that that's yeah. right basically yeah oh, yeah I I couldn't even tell you like the record of wins and losses in my career Mm -hmm. I don't know stats I was never a stats person I played because I wanted to represent something bigger and I wanted to be a part of that amazing group of humans that were put together yeah um but yeah I wouldn't say that yeah a physical aspect has taught me a life lesson yeah no that's good yeah I like that answer that's good yeah, no, that was great. Because we talk, we talk about that. Excuse me, talk about that all the time. How, you know, the stuff that you learn when you're playing sports is stuff that will translate to every area of life off the field, and it's it's yeah. pretty clear that everything you've dealt with up until this point is definitely prepared you. Like we never stop, especially as athletes, we never stop competing, right? You just switch the you switch the field which you're competing on, and it may be for another job or a promotion, or it might be the a battle with with diabetes whatever it might be that that competitive mindset and like you said that competitive perspective um it does it does help and so i, I think that's one of the biggest things that comes from sports even people who who may not have played at the same level you did or maybe they didn't play even at the high school level maybe they were just a bench warmer you can still learn something from it you know what i mean and um i guess just again going back to what we had talked about before why sports are so important part of it is because it, you know, it helps us understand and learn and develop those skills that you really have a tough time finding anywhere else. I think. Oh, I learned so many life skills through my years of the different coaching staffs that I played for and the different group of girls that I played with. They just, and it's such a wide variety 
mm-hmm. of different lifestyles that they all live. So it's like their perspective of life is always going to be different than yours and then learning the different ways mm-hmm. of life. And it's like such a deeper <laughs> answer than it probably should have been. But yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, it's you can, like you said, they're like family. So you can rely on them, you know, for advice or yeah. if something's going on, you can go to them and you trust oh, them yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, So Jess, yeah. So, so obviously this is called the character combine podcast. So a signature question we ask all of our guests is um, what does character mean to you and uh, why is it important, especially in the field of athletics? Um, Okay. I would say like character means to me is like how you show up in your most vulnerable state. Um, When you're not feeling the greatest when you are emotionally exhausted, you are physically tired, how you show up and choose to show up for the people that are standing next to you. I feel like that defines character. Um, If you're going to be that person that just sucks energy away from your teammates and your staff, it's like, you're not showing good character. You're pulling away from the point of why you're there. Mm -hmm. So I would say like who you are when you're most vulnerable and exhausted mm-hmm. is a true sense of character. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great and definition. Then, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't think it's ever been described like that before. No, like all, of our, like all of our guests will say different things, but I don't think we've ever heard the whole vulnerability um, you are when you're vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's really good. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Josh, unless you have any questions, I was going to ask her um, just one last piece of advice or one last thing she would like to say to our audience or to our listeners. Um, um, no, yeah, I do have I do have one other question. This is, this okay. might be kind of a weird question. Hopefully, this is a this is not a problem. But um, so obviously, we talk on here all the time about you know coaches that had a big impact on our lives. Um, Okay. You don't, you don't have to say Deb, but if you, if you do actually, you know, what, let's do this. If there's a coach other than Deb, <laughs> if there's a coach other than Deb, I would love to hear who's had an effect in your life. And then also since, since you're sitting next to Deb, um, usually I'm not this nice, but like, tell me, tell me why you felt like coach Ginger was such a great coach. Like what made her such a good coach? Because to be completely honest, like anybody I've talked to that's um, that knows Deb has said a lot of great things about her as a coach and as a person. So I would love to hear that from one of her former athletes. And I think everybody else would too. So, um, it's kind of a long-winded answer, but you know, what, what, what makes Deb a great coach? And then also, is there any other coach that's had a, a tremendous impact in your life? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. That's all I needed. I just wanted confirmation. Everybody else, everybody else has been lying to me. no I would say ginger is your perfect balance of sweet and sour she will be your biggest supporter your biggest hoorah your biggest high five and hug after amazing play or a great win but she will also be there to whoop your butt (laughs) if you are not showing up the way she's expecting and I feel like that is what makes a great coach is you have the trust in them to 
push you along when you're not your best, but also be your biggest supporter. And I always knew like playing for her, like whether or not I was having a good day, she would be there for me in a sweet or a sour way. I <laughs> totally thought about that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> in the moment, that was a good one. That was pretty good. <laughs> she's, just, she's just speaking from the heart. She's just oh, saying yeah, I'm the best. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> that was well, awesome. Some days she'll be Ursula and some days she would be Ariel. See? So there you That's go. pretty good. You brought that mermaid thing back around. I like that. <laughs> she even reuses the right metaphors. That's right. Well done. <laughs> that was good. Awesome. Um, but yeah, she was definitely a huge impact because I would say like training, <laughs> there would be days where I'm like cussing her out. I'm screaming. I'm complaining. <laughs> I'm in pain. Yeah. I'm sore. Oh my God, you're not running fast enough. I don't run fast, but she wanted more. <laughs> And I knew that I had to trust her and keep going because, yes, she might want to kill me in that workout. I knew that it would always make me better. She she chose to have me train her the summer before last. Yeah. Was summer before last. Yeah. All summer long. Every day. Every day I trained Uh, her. (laughs) And she got pretty tired of it, but she stuck with it. So Nice. Nice work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it sounds like it. I'm sure it was. Yeah. 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 So other than, you know, how, how great you said I am, what is there, is there, what other, is there another like coach or person that's had like a big impact on your life in terms of the software? I know, I know a lot of people have had, had an impact on your life, but if you can think of one or maybe just like a couple. Oh, um, I would say coach Rod. He's, Like my dad um, kind of adopted me, pulled me under his wing when I was younger. Um, He's always been like that strong male role model that I've consistently had for, what has it been, like 11 or 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's had a huge impact on who I am today, the reason why I went so far in my career. Um, and he'll deny it he'll be like no it was you you did the work but I was like but he made me want to be better um, both physically and mentally Um, but he's been like the rock solid of my career and like helped me down Um, he was going to be the one that threw out the ball my senior day Mm. yeah yeah it's like the highest honor. Yeah. 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 He walked me out my senior day in high school and he was going to do the same thing in college. Yeah. It's like, it's like along the lines of if you get married, you're giving the bride away yeah. type thing. Sure. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. This? yeah. Yeah. It's like the closing chapter. Yeah. Um, well, Jess, is there, um, I guess uh, one of my last questions for you and then Josh, I'll let you ask another, if, if you have another, but um it, what kind of advice do you, would you have, or what would you say to athletes who are like right now, like they're going through it? Like, I don't have a season yet. Like, I mean, not have a season this year, whether, whether in high school or in college, you know, whatever grade they're in. Um, what is something you would tell them just kind of like one last thing, the floor is yours about what you would say to those athletes or what kind of tidbit of advice would you give them? 
Oh man. Um, I would, I mean, just like I say to my girls, just keep going, just keep pushing. Um, my advice is find, find something that makes you want to get better via like you partnering up with one of your teammates, you finding a friend or family member or whatever that you can constantly be competing like in competition with like, Hey, I hit 200 balls today. Uh, Oh, Hey, I threw this amount of balls. I threw down as a catcher. Like I threw down at each bag today, like anything like every day you can do something to make yourself better and still have that like kind of competition because it's hard right now because as an athlete you constantly <laughs> want to be beating someone in something right yeah. so when you don't have that like team aspect to like make yourself be better um I always tell my kids like just keep going just keep doing it and it's like it's very repetitive but I can't imagine having last season taken away and then going into a new year still not knowing when's the next time you're going to play. Yeah. So I try to put my feet in the shoes of them and then knowing that I've walked Mm -hmm. down the path of having it taken away as well, but just keep pushing, keep doing what you know you do best find something that inspires you every day um even when you're tired keep doing it keep going because when you're tired and you're fatigued and you're just your body is just over it that's how you get better is when you Mm -hmm. keep going because you won't get better when your body's in perfect condition there's no room for growth if your body's not sore if you're not feeling the burn of a drill (laughs) you're not doing it hard enough so even when you're emotionally physically exhausted and you're over this pandemic and you're over not knowing when the end of this tunnel is just keep going keep pushing find something that inspires you find someone that you look up to obsess over your craft um just keep It sounds repetitive, but it's just you got to keep pushing. You got to keep knowing that at some point there's going to be an end and you don't want to be that athlete that gets left behind. That's a good one. That was really good. good. That was like a mic drop moment for sure. (laughs) And she's not. Yeah, no, really quick. And she's not kidding when she says that like the uh, the athlete who doesn't have competition right now will find something to be competitive about because I've played cards with her before. And let me tell you, she gets so competitive. It's like, not even funny. I like don't even want to play anymore when she, I play cards with her, That's her funny. and her mom. So yeah, so there's a testament to yeah, that right there. You guys can't see it, but her reaction uh, basically proved that point. So yeah. <laughs> She knows. <laughs> she definitely knows. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, I, I, think yeah. that's, I think that's a great, a great, uh, great thought to end yeah. with for sure. Yeah, definitely. So Jess, thank you. Um, I want to be respectful of your time so you can get to bed. Yeah. And I know I get to annoy her every single day. It's great. Nice. Um, so, right. Um, and uh, so Jess, um, 
I didn't even like go over this part with you before we recorded, but would you like to, and we can, you know, you don't have to, but um, if our listeners have a question for you, like if they want to plug in with you directly or talk yeah. to you, would you mind sharing like your social media handle oh, yeah. with them? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Of so where can they find you? Um, well, Instagram, Instagram okay. is probably the most reliable, I guess. Yeah. What's your yeah. handle? Jessica K. Scott. Okay. That's it. That's it. Basic. <laughs> Basic. So. Cool. Keep it simple. Jessica K. Scott. So there you go. So that's her handle. No special letters. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Unless they spell Jessica wrong. Yeah. J-E-S-S-I-C-A. Basic. Basic. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you guys can't figure it out, then you weren't meant to find her. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I do. Yeah. <laughs> Here for you guys. I want to hear your questions. Yeah help you out especially if you're in a tough time because i've been there yeah i'm still there so we can get through it together there you go from That's herself awesome. yep for sure so definitely take take it if you're an athlete and you're having a tough time definitely take advantage of that because um like she said she knows she knows what it's like to to persevere and deal with some difficult stuff so uh you know sometimes i, I feel like we we put that stuff out there or we have our guests put that stuff out there um, hopefully people are taking advantage of it because I think all of our guests really do want to help. So, uh, reach out for sure. Once you guys hear this episode, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you guys can follow us. I'm going to go ahead and take this part, Deb, cause I don't know if you're going to Yeah. So I figured wait, wait, I would just handle it. Huh? I got to say, it. I got to say it though. Josh, where can they find us? Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> so you guys can find us on Instagram at character combine, Twitter at sports character, Facebook at character combine. Uh, also check us out on YouTube. We got, we have some clips from previous events that we've done. Also our hundredth episode is on there. So make sure you check that out and that's pretty much it. So, and obviously make sure you give us a, uh, a listen on either Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, uh, any of the, any, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts, make sure you check that out. And if you would uh, be so kind, we would definitely appreciate a five-star review on Apple podcasts. We definitely appreciate that. So, um, that's it. Have you given us yeah, a, a review, it. Jessica? Have you reviewed our podcast? I've listened to them, but I didn't know I could. Doesn't count. That's yeah. okay. On iTunes, doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Count unless you you have a you have a, an iPhone now too, Deb. So you can review us too. I do. <laughs> you did. Jessica's like, yeah, yeah, you could do that too. Okay, so okay, hopefully by tomorrow or the end of this week, I have two more reviews that I can look at. We'll five stars. Two more. Yeah, two more. There we go. <laughs> so yes, there we go. Thank you. So yes, much thank you very much. We definitely appreciate it. That was fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening to me babble for an hour. <laughs> that was great. That's what it we was, do. It's better than listening to us babble for an hour. I think our listeners are tired of us. So. They've been, yeah, they've been tired of us since the beginning. So they would definitely rather hear you talk than us babble. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. Talk anytime. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> She's right down the hall from me. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. We appreciate right. it. Thanks, Thank Jess. you. Thank you.